Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to the Sapman Day Football Podcast. I, Steve, have been drawn in today because it's the Europa League final. Oh my God, Manchester United versus, of course, the mighty Ajax from Amsterdam in Stockholm. Big, big game. Cheers, Steve. Thanks for your intro, mate. Yeah, big game in the Champions League this evening. Manchester United up against the youthful, the exciting Ajax of Amsterdam. But anyway, well, first, we're going to talk a lot about that in the podcast a bit later on. We're going to preview the game, how United should take Ajax apart, Ajax's system, their, their key components and, and all sorts of fun. And then predicted 11, predicted score, and then I'm going to go on the piss. Today is going to be a glorious day. Going to do a little bit of working out in the park then, uh, maybe grab some beers from a shop, go on a lake, chill with some beers and then go to the pub and watch the game. But anyway, very excited. Man United versus Ajax. Huge game in the Europa League. Pretty much um, sums up United's season. If they win this, it's a decent season. If they lose this, it's an absolute disaster. But anyway, on today's show, of course, we're going to do the news and then we're going to dive into that Europa League final chat. So first up, Sam Allardyce has resigned from Crystal Palace as their manager, which is pretty upsetting. I'm a big fan of big Sam Aladici, and apparently um, that could be his final job in, in football. Um, he had a bit of a scrape with the board on spending of cash for the summer, and he's, uh, he's left, he's resigned. Uh, ultimatum, and he's gone. Big Sam's record at Palace is pretty decent. 40% win rate, 25 points earned, 6 clean sheets, and 1 relegation battle won. In terms of Palace, what they're looking to do, they're looking to tempt Marco Silva from Porto's um, hands over to South London from, of course, um, Hull City. This could be a really interesting one. Marco Silva's shown that he is a top-class manager. Um, Porto, obviously, um, would be a good option. Champions League, you know, seen a lot of good young managers be there. You think AVB, Mourinho, etc., etc. But yeah, I think Palace could be a really interesting um, challenge for him. You know, you've got the likes of Benteke, the likes of uh, Wilfred Zaha. You've got a pretty decent defence now Sam Allardyce has brought in. So it'll be a really interesting one to see Marco Silva there. In other news from Porto, Casillas is set to leave in the summer and he wants to play in the Premier League sparking rumours of him moving to Liverpool if I were Liverpool would I sign Casillas? probably not I don't again he's a keeper that doesn't really suit the Premier League a little bit too lightweight for the Premier League um, and he's a little bit old as well so I don't know if he's the greatest move if I was Liverpool I'd be signing Joe Hart straight away in other news obviously we had the sad attack in Manchester yesterday um, you know hit 
hit the, the core of Manchester, but the core of Manchester stuck together um, and, you know, come together and, and supported everything. You know, there's cracking stuff about free lifts from anyone in the centre of Manchester from, you know, from out of the attack. Uh, there were instances of uh, rabbis giving the police who were at the cordon free cups of tea. There were sandwich shops staying open, hotels offering rooms for free. Manchester was united, a city united, which is cracking. And UEFA have agreed to um, have a minute's silence with black armbands during the Europa League final in respect to the tragic events in Manchester. But anyway, let's move on to some transfer news. Everton apparently have agreed a £25 million fee for the transfer of Gilfie Sigurdsson. The fee is agreed, but his wage demands may kill the move as Gilfie Sigurdsson is asking for £120,000 per week. A player that's pretty much um, kept Swansea up, you know, his goals, his assists have been absolutely huge in their revival. Should Swansea get rid of him? Absolutely not. Should Gilfie Sigurdsson move to Everton? Probably not. I think Swansea's a really good fit for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Just seems to be a, like the perfect level for him. And next season, Swansea will be far more competitive um, with Paul Clement as their manager. In other news, uh, police apparently have raided PSG's PSG and Gil Di Maria have a Pastore's homes in a, in a tax case. Again, we're seeing some more dirty play from uh, footballers that earn far too much money. Seriously, what is the point? Why don't you just pay your taxes? You get paid so money, so much money every week. What's the point? You can't, you know, eventually you're just going to have a room full of cash. What are you going to do with that cash? You can swim in cash, you know, you can swim in a room of cash, but eventually you're just not going to need the money. And I think these players are at that point and it's just absolutely disgraceful, disgusting, you know, rotten. Anyway, moving on to some Bilbao news. Um, Valverde has left Bilbao, which pretty much means he will be Barcelona manager for me. Uh, Valverde's done a cracking job at Bilbao, you know, nurturing some real top talent. Uh, Izaki Williams, Muniain, um, you know, Laporta. The, the list goes on and on and on, but he's a good manager, high pressing. We'll play a different style of football um, at Barca if he takes over there. You know, his athletic, athletic Bilbao team are very physical. They're almost like the Everton of old. He sort of plays a target man and out of their ease and then plays a big attacking midfielder that also likes to get into the box in Raul Garcia and then put a lot of crosses into that area so be a different style for Barcelona but yeah, I think he can do it his pressing is, is beautiful his aggression I, I love the fight that Valverde sides have um, and you know he's been destined for a, a top job his, his whole managerial life and now it's time at Barcelona potentially so going back to transfers uh, Bayern Munich have agreed the terms for Goretzka um, in a free transfer in 2018 that is a, good, a cracking signing Goretzka if you've ever seen him a wonderfully gifted technical midfielder struggle with injuries over the last two seasons at uh, Schalke like a lot of players do like Julian Draxler Max Meyer it just seems like they can't keep these young players fit and as soon as they move on they sort of step up so it's going to be an interesting one for Goretzka um, at Bayern Munich that's another fantastic signing a free transfer as well Bayern Munich just dominate the Bundesliga don't they in some final Real Madrid news they've been poaching up some kids of young age first up 14 year old uh, Raul Asensio from Las Palmas um, who's considered the next big talent in the Canary Islands and also Real Madrid have signed Vinicius Junior from Flamengo for a reported fee of like 42 million Euros. The lad is 16 years old, but he is considered the next big thing in Brazilian football. So an interesting move from um, Real Madrid, who seems to be getting their youth development and youth signings very well at the moment. You're thinking Asensio, um, amongst others. So they're doing quite well, Real Madrid, in the market for me. And of course, after winning the league, that is some perfect stuff for them. But anyway, guys, it's time. It's time to talk the Europa League. That is Ajax versus Manchester United. It's going to be an absolute banger. So Ajax this season in uh, the Eredivisie and also in the Europa League have played a 4-3-3 very high pressing 4-3-3 a great a great system to watch um, the, the three forwards uh Dolberg sits in the middle, Traore on the uh, right-hand side and Eunice on the left-hand side. It's got great fluidity. Traore plays as a winger, Dolberg does drop in, plays a bit of a false nine, but also is good in the, you know, in the penalty area. It's one of his skills is, 
he can finish from any sort of angle, you know, whether he needs to chip, whether he needs to open his body up, you know, he's a cracking finisher. And of course, Eunice, who's a player that I really like. Eunice has completed more dribbles than any other player in the Europa League this season. Plays quite close to Dolberg. It's sort of a, you know, if you imagine the front three, Dolberg is quite close to Eunice on that left side. Eunice really tucks in and then Traore opens up that width. What it creates for Ajax in an attacking sense is some great movement and an interchange with Ziyech moving from left central midfield to combined. Ziyech has been brilliant this season, uh, both in the Europa League and in the Eredivisie. In the Europa League, he's created more chances than any other player, but also you know registered three assists in the semi-final against Lyon, which is uh, more than any player's managed at that level um, in the Europa League. So a cracking player there that needs to be watched out for. But the fluidity between those three four players is, is really nice you know if Eunice pulls wide Ziyech will tap the space or if Ziyech drops deeper Eunice will come in it's just a, it's got great fluidity but also the press is fantastic they press sort of right set right sided in a way where Eunice will squeeze the game quite tight because he usually plays that position quite close to Dolberg they squeeze in the press comes on and they're so good at that three of the four goals they scored at home against Lyon came after a pressing situation where they overloaded Lyon in a defensive sense in the, their own half. So in the Lyon half, Ajax got extra bodies there. They created a 6v7 on three occasions. They, you know, they forced them into an attack. Then because the system is so tight there, it's very easy for them to attack. So in a counter-attacking system, when you've robbed the ball, you want your players to be nice and close so you can pop those short passes, draw the players in and go. So you know one of the goals was um, a free ball from Ziyech. Ziyech turned the ball over. Instant through ball, uh, Eunice clean for on goal, bags it. And it's one of these things where Ajax are very dangerous. When you're playing against Ajax, uh, you need to go long. It's one of these things, don't let them press you. They're so, so um, good. You know, Peter Bosch has got them in, in such a sort of, you know, a Cruyff style, a Guardiola style of pressing. Five seconds after they lose the ball, bang, they're on you. And they're so aggressive. Dolberg, uh, Traore, very, very good at instigating the, the press. You know, Eunice is the guy that ticks off the press. He sort of starts it going. But Dolberg, you know, drops into midfield, creates that extra man in that zone. You know, basically, it's com- sort of like a bit of a diamond with Dolberg dropping a bit deeper and creates that overload. And again, very, 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 very dangerous dangerous to deal with. In terms of their defence, um, Delit, 17 years old, uh, absolutely incredible talent, you know, just with some cracking scenes after the 4-1 of him, you know, celebrating and singing songs with the fans, but he's a real good composed defender in terms of uh, when he's on the ball. A little bit rash sometimes, you know, he made a, a challenge in that second uh, leg against Lyon, brought Lacazette down and conceded a, a penalty, um, but his overall play over the, you know, 180 minutes, I was very impressed with. It was just that one moment where he made the wrong decision and dived in where he just needed to stay on his feet um, and see Lacazette out. Obviously, Lacazette's a very tricky forward. Um, he did actually win the ball, but he just took the man through first. Sanchez, though, is someone that United could attack. He's a little bit rash. Again, 20 years old, Colombian, wonderful. Like he's going to be one of the best defenders in world football. But at the moment, he's very raw. You know, I think over the over that semi-final, I think like on three or four occasions, he like went for a back heel to play himself out of um, you know a pressing situation. So he has the talent, he has the ability. He played some wonderful balls uh, from centre backs to switch the play. Not like lofted balls where you know it's got. 20 minutes to come down and then it gets to the player. Really flat passes, incredible talent, physical, uh, strong. But the thing is, he's a little bit rash and he comes out the line a, bit, a little bit too fast sometimes. You know, if United can get the ball to, say, with someone like Marron Flaney to hold it up, uh, try and draw someone like Sanchez in, it'll open up that space in behind him. Again, Ajax's, Ajax's reorganisation in that situation isn't as good as it could be. Something that Peter Bosch should potentially work on is their reorganisation after the press um, has failed. That They're a good shape, but it could be better. I think United could attack Ajax in in three sort of stages. When Ajax are playing the high high blocks of the pressing United in their own half, it's all about attacking those channels. It's all about Marcus Rashford spinning into the channels. Um, he's dangerous 
in those areas. We've seen him do it this season. Um, you know, drift into those zones and take people on one v one. You think of the situations against Chelsea in the FA Cup and in the um, the league game that United won. It was all about Marcus Rashford attacking the channels, and that's exactly what he needs to do against Ajax. But pretty much he needs to pull um, delete out wide, basically stick in that right-hand side. Let Sanchez be a bit aggressive, but just drift into that zone. So if Ajax are pressing United, United need to look to try and beat that press with Paul Pogba deep in midfield, you know, bit of skill, and then the ball outside of the foot to the channel for Marcus Rashford to attack, delete on the outside, because their fullbacks do go very high when they press up. When their block is high, the fullbacks are high. So it does leave a situation where Rashford could really start to deal with um, delete out wide and create some chances. Leon, um, Fakir got a great chance on two occasions in that first leg. Um, so it's one of these things where it it's a weakness for Ajax. When their when block is medium, I think it's all about attacking the space um, in behind uh, Ziyech. Ziyech's a player that does press very well. Um, he does join the front three players as in an attacking sense, but also in a defensive sense to press. But it's his, his reaction. His work rate in terms of pressing is excellent, but it's just his defensive positioning when that press has been beaten, dropping back. So if United can attack that space in behind Ziyech, so Ziyech is the left central midfielder in their three-man midfield, if they can attack that space behind, sort of the inside right channel, that's where they'll have a real advantage. There are moments in that, the, again, that semi-final where... Leon had broken the press, slipped the press, and it went back to Ajax's medium block. So that's basically what I'm saying, medium, low, high. High is when you're pressing, so your block is pretty much in the opposition's half. A medium block is probably in between the halfway line and your penalty box. It's, you know, it's, it's that sort of zone there. So it's like halfway between the... So it's just say, for example, you defended from the halfway line to defending between halfway between your box and the halfway line. If you can kind of visualise that zone in the penalty, that's where your medium block does sit. And that's where the space does open up because I still press in that zone um, at times. So that, that space is going to be crucial. You know, either Mkhitaryan or Juan Mata is going to be perfect for attacking that space. And then the low block, when they're, they're defending their own half, they're, they're massively vulnerable to an underlap on that right side. Um, you know, their left side of the pitch, the, you know, for example, Manchester United's right. The underlap, I mean, so for example, Anthony um, Valencia's pulled out wide, he's attacking the fullback, he's doing what he's done all season. The space and behind, making the run inside of, not making the overlap, you know, the classic overlap, making that run inside of Antonio Valencia and attacking that space because Ajax don't reorganise themselves very well in that zone. We saw Valbuena score a goal in the first leg, and it's something I spotted in that first leg when I was watching the game. Valbuena scored in around maybe like 60 minutes. But that space was there for the whole time. Right side of the, the box, just sort of into the box. You know, the foot, the defensive midfielder can't get over to that zone. Um, and I just think it's a great place for United to attack when Ajax are in that low block. And again, I mentioned Sanchez as someone United need to target. Either put Fellaini into a, into a zone where Sanchez feels he needs to deal with. Obviously, uh, Lasse Schoener is the defensive midfielder for Ajax. He's a very small, technically gifted defensive midfielder. Maron Fellaini against him is a massive mismatch in terms of physicality. Fellaini needs to press him when Schoener has the ball, but also when United go long, he sits on Schoener, which will draw Sanchez out, opening up that space for Rashford um, or Martial or Jess Lingard or Mkhitaryan to get in behind whichever one Mourinho goes with. You know, either play some quick one two. You know, fire it into Maran Fellaini's feet, allow Sanchez to engage, pop it off back to a midfielder, then you play forward again. I think that's what United really need to work on is targeting Sanchez um, in this in this team as well as targeting that inside right channel, both in the middle of the pitch and in the opposition's penalty area. But that's just me, that's what I've kind of seen. Um, obviously the threats that Axe are gonna gonna have. We know what Dolberg's done this season, six goals. Um in the Europa League, uh, he's been absolutely brilliant. You know, fantastic season for him um, overall. 
He just just had you know he's been a breath of fresh air. He's he's come, came into the season as a you know a player that was known, but a player that needed to take that next level. And this season, forty seven appearances, twenty three goals and seven assists. He's been directly involved in a goal every one hundred and ten minutes. You compare him to Ibrahimovic this season, he comes out quite well. Um, Ibrahimovic obviously beats him with goals and assists, but his minutes per goal also beaten by Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic is obviously the next level to Dolberg. Dolberg's a really weird player where he doesn't, he's not that quick, but he has that determination and he has his timing of his runs and he can finish that makes him such a good striker and he has a good understanding of the game. And if you can compare him to Ibrahimovic's best season at Ajax, he beats that. You know, Ibrahimovic in his best season at Ajax scored 21 goals and got two assists. Dolberg 23 and 7. So it's one of these things where he could really be the next big thing. And Man United really needs to watch out for him. In terms of records that he's broke this season, he's got the joint most goals goals as a teenager in the Europa League history. He's the first teenager to score 15 plus goals for Ajax in the era of his E since Patrick Cliver in 95-96. And of course, he's the youngest player to score a hat-trick in the era of his E since Raphael van der Vaart. And good boy, can he get a shot? He broke a fan's arm in the warm against Willem Durr with a wayward shot, um, which was you know can show his power and his ability. And he's just a player United need to keep an eye on. You know, maybe not go man to man, but not maybe follow him into midfield. But no, zonally know where he is. You know, if you communicate with your teammates, you know, if, if it passes on to Pogba, Pogba needs to be able to uh, know where Dolberg is if Dolberg's dropping into midfield. But in terms of the United starting eleven, I go Sergio Romero in goal, um, back four Valencia, Smalling, Blind, Darmian into midfield, Herrera, Pogba, then Mkhitaryan, Fellaini, Martial, and Rashford, or maybe even stick Jess Lingard on that left wing if you want a bit more work. Uh, but it's got to be man to man in midfield. It's got to be Herrera uh, picking up Ziyech, Pogba, obviously on. Uh, Classy and Maron Flaney on Schoener. That's why United need to set up. Attack down that right-hand side, switch it to the left on the overload. It'll be perfect. Marcus Rashford is going to be a big player for Manchester United, but also Mkhitaryan, who scored the most goals in the Europa League for United this season. It's going to be an absolutely blinding game. I cannot wait. But there is weaknesses in the Ajax team, but of course, United need to not step back. In that first leg against Lyon, the reason why Ajax got you know, just absolutely destroyed them was because Leon gave them a little bit too much, much respect. They didn't press them in the early stages of the game. They kind of sat off after about five minutes. Second game, they, they brought that intensity and they dominated the game. United need to be intense. United need to be aggressive. The best performances we've seen this season for United, they start well. You know, fair enough sitting off later, later on, but start well. Get that first goal. First goals in these types of games is massive. United need to win this game. If they don't win this game, the season has been a failure. They win this game, the season's been a success. It's literally as pivotal as that. Liverpool had their cup final for the Champions League on, on Sunday. United have got theirs on Thursday, on Wednesday night, sorry, not Thursday night. But anyway, guys, uh, score prediction for me today. I think it's going to be a horrible game for United fans and it's going to be 1-1 penalty shootout win for Manchester United. I hope it'll be easier. I hope it'll be a, a comfortable 3-0 win. You know, Mourinho, again, destroys a youthful attacking team, but I don't think it's going to be like that. But anyway, guys, that's been that today. If you want to get your score predictions in, tweet me at Sam Dave. Check out my Twitter. Check out my Snapchat today because I'm going to be covering the game on those platforms. Anyway, Till tomorrow, but hopefully I'll be hungover and happy, not hungover and sad. See you later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.